This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. <laughs> the place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Disney CEO Bob Iger has admitted what, uh, well, maybe a lot of moviegoers already knew, and that is the mouse went too crazy with Star Wars. Hey guys, welcome to the Star Wars Report Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Riley Blant. So glad you've joined us. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Uh, I'm just going to write right here at the top. We've we got some really interesting stuff to talk about. Uh, breaking uh, breaking news about Kathleen Kennedy. More stuff on Star Wars. Resistance. All kinds of craziness happening. But before we get into all that, um, and, and on with this, uh, an interesting discussion on the oversaturation of Star Wars. That's going to be the topic of today's show. Let me bring in my good friend and yours, Mr. Mark Harleman. What's up, Mark? Hey, I, I'm still marveling over that new intro. Like, I, I fell in love with that the first time I, I heard I you say your good morning, good evening, please delete it. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's like, there's everything in there. Like, like the whole Star Wars world yep. kitchen sink. Like, wow. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Props to Bruce. Bruce is out. Uh, he will be back next week. He's flying back from New York because he is truly a man of international mystery and travel. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, I was actually, I, uh, this piece I'm, I actually want to uh, give you guys from the Orlando Sentinel. I was trying to figure out how to summarize it and stuff, and then I was like, no, I need to read this whole thing. Like, like you guys need to hear this. this is a fascinating opinion piece by David Whitley. And yeah. I was actually going to just open the show with it, but then I realized I can't actually do, open I, a show without the I, I noticed that I you switched to, that real quick. I like, that was, a, that was I, literally part of our listening, plan. He went from sixth gear or fifth gear threw the e-brake on, spun around, and threw it in reverse, and he's still doing 85 in reverse right now. Like, yeah. I was like, wow, that was True. a good shift. Like, True story. Um, <laughs> but real quick, before you get into that, I just want to say 350. Like, oh, yeah. we're, we're at the halfway point on 400. I just, well, woo, 350. Look look, 350, episode 350. I didn't even think about that. I actually forgot, as much as I kept mentioning the last few <laughs> weeks' shows of, like, it's coming up. Uh, but, yes, yeah, a little, you know what, Mark? It's, it's, it's apropos. Uh, fortuitous because uh, 350 episodes, yeah. a little pat on the shoulder, a little pet yourself on the back a little bit. Um, you know, the only other one before we get to 400 that I'm excited for is 365 because uh, then we can be like, you can listen to an episode every day for a year. Actually, that's going to be pretty sweet. And that's coming up soon. Yeah, by like the end of the year. We'll have that. Look at that. Ha. Disney's been producing Star Wars movies about, and this again, this is straight from David Whitley, about as fast as uh, Frito-Lay makes Doritos. An audience <laughs> still likes the movies, but they sure aren't gobbling them up like they used to. And there might be a lot of reasons for this, starting with the fact, and this is David's thesis, Star Wars is no longer Star Wars. Sure, Disney calls them by the original name, Ford calls its original sports car the Mustang, but car aficionados know it can't compare to the original 1964 and a half model. But before anyone orders an autopsy of the franchise, it must be said that the Star Wars funk is quite relative. 
Now, let's remember, Disney acquired uh, Lucasfilm from George Lucas for $4 billion. The Force Awakens has made $2 billion. Rogue One, a billion the next year. Um, Last Jedi, which made only, you know, quote-unquote, 620 domestically, still hit uh, close to a billion international. And then, of course, the red lights, they started flashing finally with solo a star wars uh story which has rang up about 400 million um now here's the thing most movies would kill most franchises would kill for those kinds of numbers um but we're talking star wars or are we now star wars fatigue has many contributing factors there's there could be oversaturation disjointed stories uh, creative differences between directors, like all the behind-the-scenes drama that we've heard about, and like, and that was also the case with the original trilogy. But let's the difference being the original trilogy, one film every three years. Disney, five films, five years. Well, and another big thing too is with the original trilogy, no one really knew what to expect. Yeah, no, totally, and that's the thing. Like this, this new piece, this is all stemming from Bob Iger's new interview in the Hollywood Reporter, where he said, mm-hmm. and I quote, "Little too much." too fast like he's yep. admitting it he's taking responsibility for it um yeah the buck stops here bold statement five movies in it took him a hot second but um <laughs> the fact that he's belatedly realized that sometimes the less is more approach might actually work um but disney's and again this is back to david whitley disney's biggest star wars obstacle is beyond management control to millions of uh, people Star Wars means Han Solo, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and the original gang. The mm-hmm. first trilogy was movie magic and it became a cultural tux- touchstone that is impossible to replicate. Um, now, the prequels. The prequels have a generation of fans, but the prequels do not have the cultural impact that the original trilogy did. Um, and... You know, it, it would be yeah, impossible the for them to. Yeah, only the era itself, I would say. Yeah. I mean, and it's impossible for them to. It's not, that's not even a bad thing. You can't even compare those two. But like if Ahsoka was in but, any of the three movies, like there would be your, your sure, out. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing. So, but the difference is, is now with the, with the Disney era, Disney got Han uh, back uh, and, and, and the original gang more or less back together for The Force Awakens. But, mm-hmm. you know, that, that only uh, carries the franchise so far. Um, in fact, machine gunning out sequels and spinoffs has not really churned out the way the Marvel uh, recipe worked. Um, yeah, I mean, and 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 here's the thing: like, people were playing Spider-Man long before Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man, and Captain mm-hmm. America, like, there was Dick Purcell in 1944, <laughs> right? So there's been a lot of like the superhero franchise is a culturally different like the, the all of these characters have already sort of morphed beyond the actors but here's the well, thing and, and even the characters that you're seeing have morphed beyond the characters from the comic book and i yeah. think that's the number one thing is people go in expecting it not to line up 100 percent, yeah. and then there's that expectation of how well does it line up and when it doesn't how well do they do with it and in the case of the last jedi like they, yeah, people were like, "That's not my loop. like." That was a real big mm-hmm. issue, part of right. so many. Absolutely. Factors. Well, and that's the thing is that um, there's frankly, uh, and and this is kind of where we are now. Let's assess where we are now. There's uh, Harrison Ford's out. There's no replacement for Harrison Ford. Uh, his days of zooming around the galaxy in the Millennium Falcon and Star Wars movies are over. Carrie Fisher which is no is, longer with which us. Which is why you make sense to do the Han Solo movie because now you've got a younger Han that you could put into play. Because I was talking to this to Bruce. 
you know, in Legends, the Skywalker family continues. You know, Ben Skywalker's the, yeah. the living heir. The Solo family line is wiped out. I mean, the only ones that are left alive are the girls. They're not carrying on the Solo name. They're carrying on Fel and whatever name Alana ends up marrying to. But in the canon now, the Skywalker line is wiped out and the Solos are continuing through Ben. So now with Han being reintroduced, you have that aspect of, of playing with Solo Han in the, you know, the prequel trilogy at the end of it there as well as in the original choice. So, so you've brought some relevancy to that character and you've opened the window for the younger actor to play Han for quite a while. Yeah. No, I, get, I, I can see that. I can see that. Um, see, it makes me wonder if they would have played the Han Solo movie before The Last Jedi if the Han Solo movie's well, numbers would have been better. Yeah. But, 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 but still, like broadly speaking, Harrison Ford's out, Carrie Fisher's out, and Mark Hamill's still with us, but his portrayal and his character and his future mean that this is the episode nine's yeah, almost he's on his the, way out. Well, it sort of means like the, the 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 final nostalgia bells are just hanging on on Luke Skywalker's garments, which after the Last Jedi, for a whole swath of Star Wars fans, doesn't say a lot. Regardless of how I feel about it, that's just kind of where the movie left us, and. And, but, of course, it's not just movies. Like, Star Wars is, you know, we've got the theme parks, all the merchandise. It's, like, it's it's successful. It's already it's already made and will make ten times what they spent to acquire on it. But here's the here's the difference, and this is where David makes an interesting point. It's, like, it's not about making that back in, like, uh, here's the timeline, less than ten years. And back to Bob Iger's um, inter- interview in The Hollywood Reporter, quote, you can expect a slowdown, but that doesn't mean we're not going to make films. Uh, they will probably be entertaining films about outer space adventures. They will be called Star Wars, and Disney will make lots of money. But what it can't make is magic. So the, that's that's David's take. Um, and i i have i have uh, I have so many thoughts. In fact, we're going to get to them here in just a sec. This is the Star Wars Report podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Mm-hmm. Happy 350, man. Um, mm-hmm. And here we go. Star Wars. Can they make money but not magic? Hurlman, your take. I, I think they do make magic. And I think if you look at the TV shows especially, you can see the magic at work. Uh, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars, Disney wasn't really as into that, but they're bringing it back. So, like, you know, there's still that magic there. Uh for me, it comes down to the quality versus quantity. Uh, we have such a huge quantity of the books and the comics. And and we were talking about this in the last episode about how with the films, like, yeah, we had the one a year, but I don't necessarily feel like the one a year was a bad problem. I feel like with what we had with The Last Jedi and then them picking Solo as they did, you know, a lot of people were like, why Solo? You know, but when you think about it from a legacy standpoint, Solo does make a lot more sense. But they never came at it like that. They're like, we're going to tell you about Han Solo. And a lot of people, myself included, were like, I don't know if I need this story. So, and, yeah. and that's what I'm having overall. Like, there aren't many of the co- of the books and the comics, the mm-hmm. stories that are hooking me the way the TV shows and the movies themselves do. Uh, comics have had probably more success than the books. Uh, with the books, I want to say, like, really, the ones that are knocking it out are the Disney press. Uh, your Lost Stars, your Rebel Rising, um, Delray's kind of of floundering for hitting, well, you know, prime good stories. So, for me, that quantity aspect, I wish they would kind of tone that back and make 
better stories that were more connected and, and worked well better together. And I feel like that's part of what happened with The Last Jedi when you've got these directors that have all the power, but it doesn't feel like they're all really playing on the same page. Like, you know, I mentioned with The New Jedi Order, they had that Bible that all the writers would get a copy of that Bible and they would see where the planned story generally was going. No. And as they added details, everyone was kind of on board. Well, and but let me ask you this. When, when I, and what Dave is talking about when he says the magic of the original trilogy. Uh, like, your bread and butter of Star Wars fandom came in the manufacturing of, like, 20-book series. So, like, I feel it's, uh, you as a fan, and most of us, if we're listening to this podcast as a fan, kind of have, I think, if moved past Star Wars as, oh, the, easily. Yeah, as the cultural the juggernaut side of, the, of things, it yeah. was the sabers and the ships. That's yeah, yeah. what drug me in. Yeah, yeah. And then I got into the stories... And I discovered an aspect about it that I really liked. But that's also the side where the TV really works. I mean, you know, when yeah. you get into like three well, seasons into a show, there's mm. some great threads that they pick up and play with again that deliver in a way that feel very reminiscent to know I'm your father. We're like, oh, my gosh, like I wasn't expecting that. And yet that's yeah. so brutally awesome. Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah but I, I, well, I do agree with the, you there, though, that I it, did shift and I moved into that EU world. And that was my playground for so long that, you know, when I did watch the movies, you know, the movies, they were just their own little thing. And they were like the bedrock that everything else came off of. So, like, I did. I, I did kind of evolve away from that. And then with everything that happened with Disney, I had to come back to the movies and reevaluate my love for them well, and, can, you know, their place question. in my heart. <laughs> so, but like, but like, so real question, let's move to TV shows like right now. When we look at um, Clone Wars and Rebels... Uh, 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 Rebels is a better example because Rebels is Disney and concurrent. So we'll, throw, we'll yeah. leave out Clone Wars. But like so with Star Wars Rebels, uh, I I had my issues with it. I was like always 50-50. Like half of the episodes I really liked and loved the storylines and the other half I was just, I would get a little bored sometimes. Mm -hmm. But like the Kanan stuff and the Maul stuff, uh, like all of that was great storytelling. And I dare say for me... As every bit as when when Rebel my favorite Rebels episodes I would put right up against anything from Rogue One from Solo, um, but for me personally not as much Last Jedi and Force Awakens because mm -hmm. of that nostalgia magic factor. Right? Uh, is mm -hmm. that the case for you, or have you literally? If you're just like to take one or other on your deserted island, do you take the current Star Wars television as produced by Dave Filoni, or? Um, or or were the movies hitting more for you? That's a oh, that's a tough one. And also, you notice what I did there. I just Ooh. I left out books, so you can't say. That. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was, that's brutal in itself. Because yeah, I, man, that's that's rough. Uh, so so, am I, are we talking like all the TV shows? Like I would get Clone Wars, Rebels, and and possibly Resistance, or or we're just talking only Rebels? Got to be Rebels. Only the films. Yeah, we'll toss in Resistance since that's also Disney. But Rebels and Resistance, which of course. By the way, debuting what in a week? Yeah, in a week. Yeah, yeah. A week yeah, and some change we'll, we'll because be talking more about that here too. But yeah, and, and and throwing that in, and that's a wild card because it's the promise of what could come. But yeah, it, that's still so dang tough. Yeah, that's because because that that again it gets back to if I go with the TV show, I'm excluding the films, and I don't know how much I could. No, I think I could. I think I really could. Uh, and for me, it's Ezra and Kanan. I, yeah. That's that. They are the ones that really got me right now, and yeah. that's. Well, can, you know, they can talk I, about listen, moving away from Skywalker. There's some characters I'm invested in that I'd like to see more of, even if it doesn't have to be 
after Rebels or and, something, you know? And who's more compelling of a character? This is like an honest question, because I have an opinion on it. But, mm-hmm. like, let's take um, let's take Kanan and Hera, um, my, by far my favorite characters in Rebels, mm-hmm. uh, and let's throw them up against, like, uh, Jin and Cassian. Who's more compelling? I have an opinion. I think it's by far it's Kanan. Um, and it's the same thing yeah. with, like, even Solo and Kira or Solo and uh, Beckett. Like... Uh, the, the television, uh, I think K- the Kanan and Hera are far better characters. Now, Grant, the dialogue, so di- dialogue the thing about another thing. that works is, uh, is again the books. Grab Rebel Rising and yeah. read that. And Jen Erso, there's a lot more to that character. But that's where the TV show really delivered for our characters, even though they were small episodes, you know, 22 minutes long and stuff. But we got yeah. background on Hera. We got background on yep. where, you know, them meeting. Even though it wasn't much, it was enough to get us interested and look out for, you know, A New Dawn, the book that, that explained when Kanan met Hera and things like that. And even if those weren't, you know, the most stellar of books, maybe they were only sevens instead of ten out of tens. Yeah, yeah. But it, it got you interested in it. And I think that that's the one thing about the TV yeah. shows that really works for me. Even if there isn't stories that deliver on it, like the Mandalorian and Jedi battles on Malachor, you know, I mean like that, that's something I want to know more about How? down the road. We have nothing on it yet, but I'm, oh. Oh. and it's funny. It's like, we literally went through this entire discussion and like my brain forgot that there's more clone wars coming. <laughs> like yeah, that is also yeah. still part of the equation is like the upcoming clone this wars. So yep. there's that. The Siege of Mandalore. Which no, dude, is I am more oh. excited for the upcoming um, episodes of Clone Wars than I am for any Star Wars project minus Ep9. Now, see, and I, I was, I would say that what, uh, episode 10 would have been right up there with it, but unfortunately, The Last Jedi for me, what they did with Luke, took a lot of my desire to where we go next. Now I'm more curious as to where we yeah. go ni- next. I'm not as excited as I was. And it it's sad, but it is what it is. And I'm, I'm okay with that, but it is an interesting spot because I wouldn't have been there before I watched The Last Jedi. Yeah. I was like, I need to know what happens with Luke next. And now that yeah. I know and I'm kind of like, ah, I, like, I feel like, like when you got a pinata that's ready to burst open and it kind of just drops, <laughs> you're like, well, we can't get that back up there. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, well, that's the well. We've talked about we've talked about uh, the books, upcoming movies, oversaturation. Here's one thing that we haven't gotten a lot of is uh, Star Wars VR. Now, oh, yeah. of course, there's Secrets of the Empire available at the Disney parks right now. Amazing! I've experienced it several times. Nice. Um, a really cool short story VR experience meets escape room. Um, but coming up, right? It, it literally just announced the other day as we're recording this. A mysterious new Star Wars VR adventure arrives next year. Adventures, if you notice the title. ILM X-Lab revealed that they'll be working on a virtual reality adventure starring Darth Vader. And today we get our first look at, here's the title, Vader Immortal. Now, I haven't seen the trailer, Mark. Oh, you haven't? So I'm going to watch it it right now. It also says episode one underneath it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So there's a promise for more here. All right, so let's take a a look at this little trailer here. ILM X-Lab. There's something wrong, Captain. I need you in the cockpit Oculus Studios. Okay. So we're talking Oculus Rift here.
Oh, <laughs> There he is. You may wonder why I have brought you here. Oh, I love the font. <gasps> what? Cool. I want to see that again. Oh, it shows you like a first person you ignite your lightsaber inside the series. Yep. Dude. Yep. Dude. <laughs> I remember the first time I played with uh, the PlayStation VR over at Nate's house. Um, so many months ago, I guess. Uh, and that's one of the first things I was like, I was like video games, fine. I want to just experience being in a movie in VR. And that's kind of what this looks like. Mm -hmm. Now that lightsaber at the end, uh, I'm going back to that. Is that us fighting Vader? I think it is. I thought we were going to be Vader. Uh, that's no, because I that's think it's interesting. And yeah. we have a green lightsaber, which which is even cooler to think about the fact that Vader's lightsaber, the red one, was a green one. <laughs> Huh. In the comics, he stole it from another Jedi and corrupted. Yeah, because like the question in the in the Den of Geek link that we have, um, you know, is like how interactive is it? I actually don't want it to be interactive. I just want to experience what a, a story is like in VR. Have you done any VR gaming or any uh, VR yeah, experiences? Yeah, yeah. My old roommates got a, uh, a their new house. He's got a whole room set up to it. Uh, oh, nice. This is awesome. I, in fact, I got to do a Star Wars VR. Uh, I don't know what it was. It was, you know, you're standing outside the Millennium Falcon, stormtroopers come up and you bounce, you know, you have the lightsaber and you bounce them back kind of thing. I think that's uh, PlayStation. You got to protect the Millennium Falcon. It's like a, a short little five minute thing, but mm. it was fun. I had a blast doing it. Nice. That's awesome. No, yeah, uh, that's, that's as far as it goes aside from Star Tours. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Well, uh, yeah. speaking of the Millennium Falcon. Look at that. That was me being you, Mark. You're usually mm -hmm. the king of the transitions. Mm. We have new details on the Millennium Falcon ride. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this is straight from Bay News 9. Um, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, of course, one of the most uh, anticipated additions to the coming Disney parks. The new land will transport visitors to Planet of Betcha. We know all this. This is what they call copy fill. Now, uh, yeah. new there's a new bonus feature included in the Target exclusive solo A Star Wars Story, and the 13-minute uh, video is called The Millennium Falcon from, park to, from Page to Park, and it reveals that riders will be able to interact with the environment by rotating 360 degrees, and they will be able to control the Falcon in this way. Yeah, Quote, 200 some odd knobs, buttons, switches. <laughs> uh -huh. I can't wait to play. Um, I am going to be playing with that up the wazoo. Yes. Uh, riders will undertake a mission for Hondo Onaka. I love how they included him uh, in this. Um, this is revealed by Scott Trowbridge, who's, of course, the creative executive over at Imagineering. Quote, if you bring back the loot there's not a, and there's not a scratch on the ship and Hondo's really happy when you bring it back, you might find yourself with some extra galactic credits in your account. But if you do a poor job or lose your cargo or smash up the ship... You might come back owing more money than you started with, and then uh, what they don't Which say here. Which is where they sh they shifted from the the team experience and they retooled it because yeah. they were like, man, if you had somebody that doesn't know, like this could be a non fun experience. Yes, <laughs> they were because like some of the early versions and and because I've, I've I don't have the other sources in front of me, but I've been, when I was talking to Aaron about this, and there's some other sources. There were pretty good sources that were talking about how the fact that this ride started out a lot more complicated than yeah. Um, you could have a navigator, or yeah. someone, you know, in the back, but like you have point, all though, sorts of positions. But like all <laughs> video games, for people who aren't like super into it and just want a kind of simple, fun ride, 
it, they, those could be the people that could screw you over and totally ruin your party's experience. So I think this is this is part of that where it's going to make it a little bit more doable. Now, when he says galactic credits, is this like the? Are we about to experience the theme park version of the horrors of EA? <laughs> where it's just like loot crates um you can get extra well, loot. unless you owe money like that i think okay so i could see this can you being imagine? something like you get a souvenir when the ride's done kind yeah. of thing because like i couldn't imagine disney all you know like doing a credit system right if you're in star wars land you get this uh instead of a fast pass you get a credit card ha republic oh, credits right so you're using your republic credits and you go here and hey hondo's excited Big, you get an extra 50 republic credits to spend on some souvenir but if you owe money <laughs> you know that that doesn't seem like something disney would wait do. i was gonna say like, like, what are they gonna do fake ticket, stop like, you from leaving souvenir? the park until you pay up <laughs> Just <be> like, <laughs> you're gonna have to go troopers after you you're gonna have to go wash the dishes in the back of the cantina for a few hours right. and just be so, like What's yeah. curious to me about this is Hondo Anaka. Like yeah. I, I'd heard rumor about it, but the fact yeah. that we've got it out there, this now is going to solidify where we are in the timeline. I mean, we know it's Batu, uh, so we know where the planet is, and no, lots the- of stories and stuff have been using that planet now. But like well, even Thrawn Alliances, it used that planet, but we had it in two different time frames. We had it back in the Old Republic. And we yeah. had it in uh, no, in we the know trilogy. they've announced. They haven't announced. I don't think specific dates, but it is set in a time frame that's um, uh, first order. First order. Era. It is okay. Okay. So we know then that that makes sense. So that's cool because now we know Hondo Anaka lives to be yeah. an old, an old, an old pirate. Uh, a pirate, <sighs> which I, which I wonder what he has to do with the Millennium Falcon. Um, I could totally see that being an element of Star Wars Resistance. Um, oh. You know Hondo's going to show well, up in Star Wars Resistance at some they, point. If they did that, if they made it an element of Star Wars Resistance, though, they'd have to do it later in the TV show. Because oh, keep yeah, mind, true, the true. TV show is still set during the Cold War, right before the war kicks off. So, like, you know, the First Order, they wouldn't really be pushing too hard against them. Yeah. You know. no, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. But it's still, it's it's something that gets me excited. The fact that we have the Winnie Falcon and we have knobs and stuff is something yeah. that's exciting. But I also, I'm concerned about the wait times because, oh, again, geez. even, even if so you're bad. only looking at five people, uh, like I would almost rather have a big room where I don't need to know how many of these booths are in there, but we'll just say 20 for so argument's sake. Have right? you seen you some of the construction? You walk into a football field that's got 20 of these rooms and each one is the Millennium Falcon cockpit so, so we can all get to experience I can actually it. answer your question, Mark, because <gasps> look at me. I'm becoming such a Disney file because I know the answer <laughs> to this now with the Mouse and Castle podcast available at mouseandcastlepodcast.com. Please like, rate, and subscribe. Anyway, um, the they actually they have these po- all of these 360 pods as they're building it, you can actually see the circular sort of um, uh, rail that 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 the actual rides can be mounted on, and you could see like dozens of them. So, but uh-huh. but the way they're building it, and the way they've done this with like Avatar and the 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 Avatar ride and stuff, is the way they build it. When you enter, the lines split off early enough to where you don't really get the sense that there's a bunch of Millennium Falcons. Like there would be like a bunch of you know, seven dwarf oh, mine train sense. carts. And so yeah, it'll you keep walk you in down universe. the aisle hallway. And then, you know, before you get there, you stop and wait a second. Cause the other ride shifting over your shifts forward. You go, okay. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Hey, nice. This is almost like the soaring idea. They're like, Hey, you know, why don't oh, we just yeah. lift it up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. I, I, man, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. It's less than a year. It's less than a year mark until the Disneyland version. 
I'm so well, excited. Well, we're, like you said, less than a week away from the new Star Wars Resistance. Yes. And we got that new trailer that's jam-packed. Let's take a listen. Action. I see it. I gotta say, I'm con constantly more and more sold on this series. I was very skeptical at first. Oh, I'm Find in. out who's loyal mm. to the good guys and who isn't. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. You can work as a Still, some of the humor point. seems a little over the top. Oh, that's, that's total pub, though. I don't want yeah, true. Kasuda, good luck on tomorrow's big race. Oh, she has a crush on you. She totally has a crush on you. It's true. Dangerous. Just don't explode. What? Oh! You can't handle the hype! <laughs> hype. <laughs> hype phase oh, yeah. on. There are a lot of dangers out there in the galaxy. When people are in need, we help. Line them up! Check this out. It's all in the wrist. Whoops. It's all in your head. Welcome back to reality. Professionals, you say. I'm an ace pilot. I love the fact that it, we have dubstep in the Star Wars trailer. <laughs> kind of cracking me. Listen to this. They're better prepared. They have better equipment. I don't know how. <laughs> oh, snap. Man, seeing Starkiller base in this animated style. Dude. Oh, yeah, I wasn't expecting We're that. We're going to need all the help we can get. You ready? Let's do this. It does, you know, we've been talking about this, Mark. It does give me more of that sort of spy mission vibe. Mm -hmm. And less pure, you know, side story. I love well, how it solidifies it that for me because that's what I was worried about was how they were going to play it. But at this point, when we have Poe talking about it, he's like, we just need to know who's loyal to the good guy. So it's like yeah. they're they're drawing lines. Everybody's waiting for the whistle to blow so the blasters can fly. Yeah. And it's no. like, we need to know who's on our team so we don't get sucker punched. Yeah, totally. I knew you missed me. Here we go. Star Wars. <laughs> Exciting. I appear to be tingling all over. Although I will say that character cracks me up. He's hilarious. And, and they go from aces to resistance members. And what I think is cool is the focus on them wanting to be aces and being aces. Uh, you know, the X-Wing comics, uh, to be an ace pilot, you had to have five kills in, in that one. Yeah. I'm sure that that's not the same right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, being an ace pilot is more about your finesse, your ability to control the craft and mm -hmm. to excel and be better than the other pilots. And the fact that these guys go from aces to resistance members, because at one point that does sound like they are full fudge in the camp of the resistance, uh, that's going to be an interesting ride. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. I mean, the same way how we watched, you know, Ezra and the rest of the ghost crew join the rebel, uh, the rebellion and become rebel members themselves. So that's something that's familiar, but at the same time, it's different enough that it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty sold. I will be watching it Sunday, October seventh at 10 p.m. on Disney Channel. Um, in fact, 
they I'll be coming back from New York Comic Con at that point. Um, actually, that's a good point. That's a good. I'll take a brief pause before we jump to our. Uh, I think we have one more story that we're t- talking about here. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but before we jump to that, uh, take a brief time out to do two things. One, thank everybody supporting the podcast directly over at Patreon.com/slash Star Wars Report. Big thanks to you guys who continue to support the show. It means the world to us, and it it's how we are able to keep up with equipment costs, hosting costs, every bit of pennies uh, that you guys pledge over at Patreon.com/slash Star Wars Report helps us do this show and do it better and do it consistently so we appreciate all of you guys we um we do this weekly uh rogue transmissions always a fun time we actually spent had a good time talking some controversy uh (laughs) in in this week's rogue transmissions so you can get that over at patreon.com slash star wars report and number two the other bit of a bit of business here is uh i will be at new york comic con along with aaron goins my co-host over at mouse and castle along with bethany um, we're going to be hanging out at New York Comic Con, and I have these awesome Mouse and Castle uh, buttons that I'll be carrying around. Uh, so if you see us there, you're going there, let us know. Say hi. Uh, we'll, we'll be posting all across our social media, all kinds of cool stuff. So uh, some star- there's some, some Star Wars-y stuff there. Not a lot this year, but we'll definitely be covering it here on the podcast for sure. Um, yeah. Now, Mark, bit of news broke right before we started recording. Yeah, it rocked rocked my perception of things. I'm constantly learning things that Mm. I think I should have learned at least at uh, April 24th, 2013, 14, 2014, 13, I think, 15, 17, 12, Uh, some time ago. Uh, Nope. (laughs) Kathleen Kennedy, uh, straight from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, I'm just going to read the headline. Star Wars Chief Kathleen Kennedy's uh, Lucasfilm deal is extended for three years exclusive. Mm -hmm. After the box office disappointment of Solo, a Star Wars story, the studio plans to expand the universe. Oh, excellent choice of words there. You said, right. Oh, see what they did there. uh, (laughs) It's it's, it's like they've ripped the bandage off my still scabbing. How's that? Yeah, I was going to say, how's that salt? (laughs) How's that salt, Mark? Um, Uh, I don't know if that's that's more hurtful than if they said extended. (laughs) Yeah, I know that would have been worse. Um, With new characters introduced in movies and television shows. She has reignited the lightsaber. The lead producer and architect of the Star Wars franchise currently has renewed her contract to remain president of Lucasfilm for another three years through 2021. Mark, you're surprised because you thought this was like a lifetime appointment. Like the, who, I, the head yeah, of Lucasfilm was, was like the I Pope. Thought, I it's thought, like, yeah, she was there forever. Like it was hers until she was like. Oh, <laughs> Bob Iger and the I, I, I high council at Disney no like released the black smoke cloud and appointed for <laughs> life was Kathleen Kate. No, no, this is like CEO contracts are like a big deal. Like Bob Iger, yeah. he's he's extended his like several times. He was supposed See, to be out I, of here I years ago. I didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah. Like like now I'm like, wow, like when people are like, hey, they're calling for her head. Like, okay, I thought there was no threat there. I was just like, ah, I think, yeah. Well, it's funny that like with Bob Iger, I feel like there were stories in the last couple of years where like, you know, more than half of the entire box office of every movie that came out uh, in the last few years has been Disney movies. So it's just like, it's absurd. I can see why they keep renewing his contract. contract. Long, he has a very stellar success record. Star mm-hmm. Wars ha- is going downhill. Box yeah, office this wise. this is a vote of confidence in Kennedy. Vote I mean, she now. did take, you know, vote command now. of Lucasfilm. What was it? That was back in 2012. Yeah, which, yeah. 
Which back then, like, the purchase. You know, they mentioned it, it. I totally bought into the whole, she was the new George. I was just like, yeah, she can do whatever she wants. It's uh, hers. He gave it to her. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see where they go. There's definitely, we all kind of get the sense. Here's the thing is like, uh, uh, it's easy to play into the more political sides of fandom where it's easy to be like, Kathleen Kennedy, you know, there's all, there's the Kathleen Kennedy sucks and it's her fault that all of Star Wars is SJW crap and stuff like that. I don't buy into any of that level of <laughs> ridiculousness when talking about a movie of, franchise. Of plotting, because, because I mean, it's dumb. we can't get them to sit down and plot out a storyline, yet they're going to plot all that stuff out? No, yeah. I, that's the press... No, no, I, I, I'm I, with you, I don't buy it. I, I, I think the the thing that we can read into here, what's actually being said is that Yes, she's being renewed, but what she, what Bob Iger said in the in the in the interview, which I'm willing to bet you anything, there's a reason he went on record saying that they're slowing down with Star Wars because he does want to communicate. Yes, we're changing the way we approach Star Wars films, at, but yes, they're still keeping Kathleen Kennedy, and they have faith in her to carry out that change in vision. Um, well, and they also say that in the near future, Star Wars lies in television. That the Kennedy-led Lucasfilm planning, they're planning on expanding the universe again with new characters in that medium. Yeah. Which, yay for me. Like, that's exactly. definitely the medium I'm enjoying the most right now. The so. Benny Hoff and Weiss series. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to most. And, yeah, and There's whatever. so many things that they have, have hinted about. Well, and Dave they're like, Filoni, right now, I just want the details. Like the them. I want to know kept, where they're set. <laughs> it's the worst kept secret in the world that Dave Filoni is working on another animated series for the Disney app when it comes. Like, yeah, we know like, that's like, happening. They've got a great basket that is yeah. going to be laying out breadcrumbs for quite a while, and I'm looking forward to these breadcrumbs. <laughs> yeah, totally, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh, it, yeah. This is not this is not like a giant s- statement against a handful of Twitter trolls. This is a Lucasfilm keeping faith with Kathleen Kennedy. She's the one to carry out the vision, but there is a change in vision, and that's that comes from our first story where Bob Iger's quote about the uh, slowing down of pace and not doing too much too fast we don't want star wars isn't junk food well and and they have faith in her and the fact too that they're also developing the new indiana jones movie the fifth in the series and they're still sticking with harrison ford and it's still directed by spielberg so i mean there are people that are already feeling like after the last one like well what can we do you know i i enjoyed the character of mutt but the fact that they're willing to to bank on all of that still with her i to me that's that's a no-brainer. Like, I, I just, I'm surprised that they didn't extend it longer than three years, really. Like, is that the side of it? Like, they have to be three-year contracts? Like, how does Usually that work? Usually they don't contract for more than that. It's just, like, too long. Because you don't want to be locked into a contract if you're not happy or not doing well and you want to shift. But you also don't want to just, you want to have some kind of guarantee for the short term. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the military. Military, you sign four-year contracts, six-year contracts, or if you're a pilot, like, ten-year contracts. It's kind of funny how that works. CEOs See, are, maybe that's not that different. would make sense, but... Yeah, well, ten year, ten years. Uh, hey, well, that's I, I was about to get into a whole bunch of military stuff. No, because well, that's that's uh, what I've I've averaged about ten years at all the places that I kind of just you know I'm gonna make a I'm which, gonna make a, a living of this. Well, yeah, for us millennials, like one year's good at one job, <laughs> right? Are you kidding? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's jump into Bubba's bounty. It's worth a lot to me. As you wish. That's right. Each week we like to talk about something we uh experienced in the world of star wars watched perhaps um yeah mark you want to kick us off this week well uh as i was saying last week i just finished thrawn alliances nice Uh, it was a decent story i did find the ending a little 
Lackluster. Lackluster. I knew yeah, you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of, you know, I was kind of wishing for a little bit more. So, you know, it wasn't as good as the first of the Thrawn stories. But I did really enjoy the interactions between Thrawn and Anakin and then later Thrawn and Vader, uh, especially Thrawn and Vader. Because Thrawn being so smart and stuff that there were times where you're like, <gasps> does he know? Like, like they played with a lot of things like that. But there's also the classic things about Thrawn where it's like, I've got a secret and I know everything, but I'm not going to tell you yet. No, tell me now. I'm not going to tell you yet. Tell me now. I'm not going to yeah. tell you yet. Tell me now. We're at the last page. I'll tell you now. Like, so I'm kind of like over that side of when they present Thrawn. Yeah. So kind of like. I, I would love to see maybe down the road getting a book where we had an Ezra and Thrawn story. Like, that'd be cool. Uh, and so I've moved from that. I'm now into uh, the solo Star Wars story, the book, getting those extended scenes and stuff. Uh, I got to the scene where Kira was talking to uh, Lando's droid, and she's talking about, you know, uh, Lando and her, the droid, being an item. And she mentions, you know, hey, you and the human in the back. And Kira thinks about when Han gets separated from her. And it's all from her point of view. I thought that was just, just really cool. Digging that, making me wish I had the movie right now uh my wife still yeah. hasn't seen it so i'm like oh i gotta get it and in fact <laughs> i'm wanting to see it more and I'm, I'm like the desire i have more of a desire to watch it again right now than i did to watch it while it was in theaters at the time because you know i couldn't get my wife to see it and stuff like that uh, uh and speaking of my wife uh we've got these uh, my star wars family stormtrooper things for our car i've had them for oh. about a year and a half it's been sitting in the car i forgot about it forever so it has like I the finally two kids put it up. and the is it like the stormtrooper yep. one yep yep the two big stormtroopers and then the three smaller ones and what's really cool about it is because you know they they sell it as a kit so you can have multiple kids and multiple sizes they got two you know uh four of them that are the middle size and then two of them that are itty bitty size so i've got a small little jana one but i got three extra ones to put on other things that i want to i'm like camping gear so yeah, it was like Christmas for me this week. <laughs> nice. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, my Boba's Bounty is uh, related to the world of social media. Uh, in fact, it's uh, related to my other podcast, which I continue to plug over here. Sorry, guys. It's just it's the way it works for podcasters. Um, Mouse and Castle. I just did something new uh, over on the Mouse and Castle Instagram that is related to Star Wars. Um, I posted uh, our first Instagram TV episode. It's a little five-minute episode. It's a vlog. You guys may have seen it on, on, the, on the YouTube channel up here, but if you haven't, great way to watch it is over on the Mouse and Castle Instagram. Uh, See, and you're smart to have started an Instagram account for Mouse and Castle so early, uh -huh. unlike what we did with the yeah. Star Wars report, and ours has been hijacked. No, listen, you 2, Mark. 2,400 people, that's not us. Uh, so, no, 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 just tell Mark, just remember, whenever you get upset about it, because I've heard you mention it on a few recent podcasts, just tell everybody <laughs> Tell everybody Star Wars Bits. Just follow at Star Wars Bits for our Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, but for uh, to see the uh, video blog of our trip to Disneyland back in... Uh, back at Memorial Day, actually, uh, which includes know, a bunch Riley's of Star Wars stuff. Are the best. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, well, you can go watch it on Instagram TV. So I'll open up your phone. If you're listening to your podcast app, open up Instagram, follow Mouse and Castle, and you'll see right there on the front page of uh, Mouse and Castle is our first Instagram TV episode. And uh, there you go. That's I always feel bad because I feel like my Boba's bounties are always plugs of some creative project I'm doing. But really, that's most of what? my Star Wars experience is me creating something about Star Wars. Exactly. And it is something in Star Wars has happened, inspired, yep. or we bought, or experienced 
I mean, so, I mean, I, th I think it qualifies. Exactly. I, I think you feel a little bad because you're not on this podcast as often. Yeah. And so you're, you're feeling guilty. But I don't know, worry. I am. I, I am feel you've left guilty. the show in capable hands. Maybe not mine, but Bruce's and Michael's. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Like, uh, I, I wonder how nervous Bruce is. Is like, all right, the kids have it again. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, geez. All right, guys. A uh, few bits of business, but it's about that time. To uh, wrap up this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast, uh, another episode in the can. It uh, makes me a little sad. Not even going to lie. Uh, good times, Mark. Good times to be had. Uh, where 350 episodes Dude, worth of good times. <laughs> right? I, I, it was. It's amazing. Um, I can't even believe we made it that far. Uh, I also can't believe that I have that cell static going. Oh, there, there we go. <laughs> you know, right as we talk about how far we've made it in podcasting, immediately audio issues happen. It's like as if the demon, the audio demons know. No, man. Uh, congrats. Uh, some solid hard work for uh, for many years. Um, uh, me, Bethany's sitting across the way in the early days, and now that I'm not as involved in more, that you, Ma Michael, and Bruce carrying the torch on the weeks I can't be here. Uh, it's a real testament to everybody involved. So, uh, and thank you if you've been for however however many episodes you've been listening to the Star Wars Report podcast. Uh, I thank you for listening and uh, lending us your ear and making us a part of your Star Wars fandom. Uh, yeah. Make sure you follow us on social media. It's at Star Wars Report on Twitter and uh, at Star Wars Bits on Instagram. See, there we go. Star Wars Bits on Instagram. Uh, and, of course, uh, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it if you haven't. It's a great way to get the word out about the show. And, of course, support us over at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Star Wars Report, and catch this week's Rogue Transmissions episode. Um, I'm also uh, Mark's at Illogical Rogue 2 on all forms of social media, except for PlayStation, which is his son, who's hijacked his account. So if you see him, be sure to shoot him. How's that, Mark? I got it. Right in the face! <laughs> face, face, face! Um, I'm at the Riley Guy on Twitter, which I kind of care about. On Instagram, which I definitely care about. And on Snapchat, which I care about too much at this point. You know, but follow I'm, me I'm on all the three of those platforms. Um, oh, yeah. No, awesome, yeah. man. Dude, I love it. Um, yeah, but follow us on all those platforms. We have the links to all the stories we talked about this week in the show notes for this episode, episode 350 at StarWarsReport.com. Until next time, and probably live from New York City, uh, we'll see you on the Star Wars Report podcast. May the Force be with you, and remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. another show man yeah you show know you know what can. we should do is you know you're a fan of cold openings so at uh, new york comic-con you and bruce should like have some microphones and some, oh, bruce ain't some gonna speakers be there set up that's the problem oh, okay well, well then we gotta get you with somebody and you could be like you know just starting out with the cold opening then, uh, live from new york it's the star wars report <laughs> live <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it man yeah uh, aaron's gonna be there um so we'll probably end up recording something with him um yeah good times uh dude I can't believe it. 350 episodes. That's ridiculous. I'm going to let this music play out. Here we go. Ba
Hold on, we're punching it, Chewie. Yep. This is the Star Wars Report Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us.